Well, the World Economic Forum 2023 is underway. I am told this is the first year since the pandemic that it is a full-blown World Economic Forum like they used to do. Uh, they are having multiple uh, panel discussions and meetings there in Davos, Switzerland, about how to control your access to information, how to limit you from being able to see what the global elites don't want you to see. I'm going to play some sound bites today of one of those panel discussions hosted by Brian Stelter, who was fired from CNN, purveyors of disinformation themselves. Um, he, he hosted a panel called The Clear and Present Danger of Disinformation. He would know, right? Uh, they're very good at disinformation over at CNN. So, uh, we're going to look at what was discussed in this one of several panels. Checking out your comments here. Okay. You guys can hear me okay? Great. Let's look real quick at uh, what one of the panel members who was from the New York Times had to say. Uh, this is Arthur Greg Stolzberger, chairman and publisher of the New York Times, talks about the dangers of corporate media being referred to as fake news. Terms like fake news and enemies of the people have been popularized cyclically in society mm. and in, in some of the most, you know, um, you know, repressive and dangerous moments, you know, Nazi Germany, Stalinist Russia, right? Um, so, um, so I think anytime we're hearing language like that applied to, you know, a free press, um, you know, or, or more broadly free expression, I think, I think we should be, um, really worried. Interesting. So Brian Stelter talked about how the terms misinformation and disinformation were first popularized about six years ago, which is, I guess, around the time, uh, when Donald Trump became president. Now, shortly after he became president, the media started to talk about fake news. Outlets like NBC would talk a lot about uh, telling their audience to look out for fake news. Don't get duped by fake news. There'll be links on your Facebook page to articles that are totally contrived. Beware of fake news. Uh, the media kept talking about fake news. So this guy from New York Times has, it, has the story wrong if he's trying to craft a narrative that compares... Alternative media sources, such as myself, talking about the dangers of fake news. He, he's got to remember that it was the corporate media back in 2016, 2017, who first started to talk about fake news. Beware of fake news. Don't get duped by it. Listen to us. Look at, listen to the mainstream media only. Um, Trump decided to play, play that up. Trump has a history of like and uh, enjoying taking the terms that the corporate media uses and and using them against them. So Trump said, "Oh yeah, you guys should watch out for fake news. It's everywhere. In fact, fake news CNN, fake news NBC, they're real good at duping you." So Trump starts to talk about fake news as much as the corporate media was talking about fake news and the corporate media stopped in their tracks and stopped using that term. And I think at one point they made an announcement saying we're no longer using the term fake news. Uh, and I think that's when they started using misinformation, disinformation instead, because Trump had hijacked their term against them. And, and then him and a lot of his followers decided to just use that as their main 
you know, thing against the corporate media calling it fake news. And so it's interesting that now today, um, this guy from New York Times over at World Economic Forum is saying that anyone who dares to diss the corporate media by calling them fake news is comparable to autocratic regimes, which are dictatorships like such as Nazi Germany. Uh, you must not criticize the corporate media or you're similar to a Nazi and criticizing the corporate media is calling them fake news. That's interesting. Um, so, but what happened in Nazi Germany, Germany actually, they had a clampdown on the free press for sure. Um, even before Hitler rose to power, the German regime in the 1920s tried to censor out Hitler and shut him down, throw him in prison, which actually made him more popular among amongst his fringe following. Uh, so whenever you try to censor, I think you do create extremist groups to blossom. So... And then once he took power, he heightened the censorship. Hitler was the king of censorship. Once he took over, it was locked down, uh, shutting down anything that didn't agree with Nazi. And um, so, yeah, he loved censorship. And I think that anyone who loves censorship is, is comparable to Hitler. Okay checking your comments here. We are live this time. I know I've been doing some uploads, but we're back to live and I'm going to be doing a lot more lives. You're saying, checking your comments here. Um, mainstream media is not free press. Sadly, we're learning that this year. I literally thought this whole time, because I was a member of the mainstream media for nine years, I thought it was free press. And and I'm gonna say the little guys and the people who are faces of the free of, of the mainstream media, they think that it is the free press, and we sit there like I did, and we wonder why, like, well, why are we always in this lockstep narrative? And I'm not allowed to cover certain stories, and and these stories I have to cover this way, and you just kind of obey your boss in in covering things in a certain narrative. And you don't want to push back too much or you might get fired, but you, you still feel like you're part of the free press. Uh, it wasn't until it got the narrative control got so bad in 2020 that I started to really question whether the corporate media was actually free press anymore. And I do believed, I do believe now that they are controlled at a level that none of us fully understand right now. Uh, they're completely compromised. And I do think there's some sort of, world leaders who are controlling, pulling the strings, they've somehow compromised the corporate media in, in the darkness of secret meetings that, that we don't fully know. Only the corporate media bosses know at the top and, and these, the chain of employees on the way down don't fully know why they're controlled. My boss, who was telling me to adhere to a certain narrative at Fox, she didn't even understand when I reflect on my conversations with her, she didn't know why she had to discipline me, but her boss in New York had told her to discipline me for uncovering some facts outside of the narrative. So I agree with this. Uh, the mainstream is not the free press. And uh, I mean, you can just tell by how resistant 
they are to allowing the public to see anything that that strays from the government's narrative. Uh, you said when they all use same words to describe anything. Exactly. It's scripted, obviously. Fakeness is uh, to distract from the truth. Exactly. Um, especially, you know, the corporate bosses feel the best with their, the anchors in studio they feel safest with because they simply corporate feeds down a bunch of scripts for the anchors to read in the teleprompter. So they can kind of breathe a sigh of relief with anchors that they will adhere to the script. Now reporters out in the field, like me, I would, I would anchor sometimes, but I would be out in the field reporting a lot, collecting facts on the ground. And that's what made them nervous is that what's Ivor going to uncover? How is she going to tell the story live from the field? She's not reading a teleprompter, but they would try to control every field reporter as well by saying, you have to write a script about what you're going to say and send it into me, into the producer, the top producer at in the station. And then, and the producer will change anything she doesn't like that I found and then send it back to me and say, tell the story this way. So that's how they would control that narrative. And uh, when they started to like delete blatant facts and truths from my script, I would write the script of what I found. They would delete out things that they, that they didn't like that were true though. That's when I started to push back and say, wait, this is true. This is the answer to question that a lot of my viewers have. Okay. Why are you adjusting my script this way? And uh, so it really started to become obvious in 2020 to me, you know, after eight years in at that point, eight years into my uh, corporate news career. Um, yeah, I do believe it's pretty compromised. Okay, I got to shout out the sponsor of my coverage. You know what? I waited too long. I'm going to have to do <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to shout out my Patriot Supply, uh, preparewithivory.com. Uh, if you want to stock up on an emergency food kit, you're going to get a big discount at preparewithivory.com emergency food. Uh, I think, you know, we're not out of the woods on all this. It's interesting. The last like five times that I went out to eat, every restaurant was like, had a good number of things on the menu that I tried to order that they were out of. Sorry, we're out of this ingredient, that ingredient. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, why are, why is everyone out of ingredients? So, um, you know, they may not be, we may not be out of the supply chain mess yet. So prepare with ivory.com if you'd like, uh, the, my Patriot supply emergency food kit. So yeah, the, um, world economic forum, it goes through the 20th, uh, January 20th is when it ends. They had multiple, they've had multiple panel discussions so far on, on, controlling what information that you have access to. Now, a few short years ago, everyone agreed that the more information, the better. If you shed light on everything, people have brains enough to decipher what's true. Now it's the opposite. Now they're saying we need to delete a bunch of information from your visibility so that you can believe what we want you to believe. Um, they had uh, yesterday, they had this panel discussion called disrupting distrust. Uh, they talk about trust is at the heart of meaningful stakeholder cooperation, getting people to do 
what you want them to do. I want to continue playing the sound bites from, um, from this other disinformation panel. So the guy from the New York Times uh, goes on about his plan for censoring out information that you may want to see, information that may be true, but information that he believes is not true or that he believes will hurt the New York Times' best interests as establishment media. Uh, he wants businesses, governments, and other groups to get together and snuff out uh, alternative information. Society seems to have at some level accepted how much the information ecosystem has been poisoned. Um, and, um, and I think it's going to require real sustained effort from the platforms, from political leaders, um, from business leaders, and from consumers themselves to reject that. Platforms being the social media platforms, businesses and governments to all get together and reject disinformation. And as we learned since 2020, disinformation, according to people like him, is factual information that the establishment doesn't like. Such as information about a cheap, natural way to heal yourself that will prevent the pharmaceutical giants from cashing out on your sickness. So therefore, they're going to call it disinformation and shut it down. And the guy from New York Times is saying that he needs businesses, social media platforms, and governments to all get together to censor disinformation. Okay, let's look at the next soundbite. He goes on to talk about anti-press. Here he goes again. Anti-press rhetoric is extremely dangerous. How dare the alternative media criticize the corporate media. Why the anti-press rhetoric of a country that has been synonymous with, you know, you know, upholding and defending a free press is so dangerous is that most countries have far less of a tradition of tolerating a free press and free expression. You know this better than anyone. And so, you know, this, this anti-press rhetoric, terms like fake news, were greedily gobbled up mm -hmm. by autocratic regimes and, and aspiring autocratic regimes who, who then, you know, you know, passed laws that they claimed were banning fake news, but were actually banning an independent, the, the, the scrutiny that is provided by an independent press, the scrutiny and accountability. So, so I, you know, I, I, I see the bigger challenge on the international stage. I agree with him that historically these autocratic, AKA dictatorships, such as Nazi Germany snuffed out the independent, independent press. Uh, I agree with him on that. What's crazy is that his mind is twisting this so much that he's saying that the New York Times is the independent press. And, and it's actually alternative voices that are threatening to snuff the New York Times out uh, with Donald Trump being at the helm. They're really scared about Donald Trump coming back into power. They talked about Donald Trump multiple times in this, in this panel about disinformation and, uh, they are just, they're very worried about the fact that there is anti-press rhetoric in America. 
you know what this anti-press rhetoric, rhetoric is actually all about? It's, it's Americans who have watched, especially since 2020, but honestly, since, since Trump came into the presidency and before, but since 2020, it's been more glaring than ever. We can tell that the press is lying to us. That is why there's anti-press rhetoric, because we are begging for the truth. And when we start seeing countless people healed by a medicine that the New York Times and CNN told us would be very dangerous for us, and the people who don't take the medicine are the ones actually dying, prescriptions for that medicine that starts with an I, that's supposedly for horses, CNN was so blatant about its lies about this medicine, saying that it's for horses when it's obviously human prescribed and has been prescribed to humans for decades for a myriad of illnesses. Myriad of illnesses. This this one little medicine has, has helped. And suddenly there's new studies indicating that it's going to help against this new illness that came onto the scene in 2020. And... New York Times and CNN, who are both on this panel I'm showing sound bites from, have the gall to say to, to blatantly lie and say that it's only for horses. And not only that, but our own FDA puts out propaganda with pictures of horses and cows saying don't be a don't don't be a horse. Um don't take this medicine. Well, prescriptions for that medicine uh went up by I think like 80, 80 fold or something insane. Uh, I forget the, the data I saw on that from the CDC who was saying it's concerning how many people are getting prescriptions for this <laughs> concerning and people were not getting side effects. There's, there aren't side effects from this extremely safe and cost-effective medicine, but there were countless incredible stories of how people's health immediately began to improve after taking this I word medicine. And so that, that medicine was, was one thing that really took down trust immediately because the propaganda surrounding it was so blatant. And when I left Fox, it was the first independent report I did because I was physically banned from covering any treatments for this illness after I began to reveal what doctors were actually doing on the ground. Certain doctors were actually healing a lot of people. Happened to stumble upon a hospital in Houston that had a quarter of the death rate. What were they doing? They were using not only this I word medicine that was only prescribed for horses, so supposedly blatant lie, but they were using a combination of, of very helpful things. I mean, they were put, putting vitamin C through IV uh, holistic modalities, high doses of melatonin, the H-word medicine, a better steroid than the, than the WHO recommends, um, all kinds of things that, that I wasn't supposed to talk about. Why didn't Fox want me to talk about what was actually working? Why was the death rate a quarter of that 
anywhere else in, in America in the world. Why did me showing what was working get me banned from covering treatment for the illness? So first thing I covered when I left Fox is what I was banned from covering was what's actually working against this illness because it doesn't have to be this bad. And I interviewed people who tried what they weren't supposed to try for treatment and, and dramatically improved. And then I also began to cover what was, you know, this new, this new farm pharmaceutical stick in the arm that I was also not allowed to talk about at Fox and I'm still not allowed to talk about on YouTube. So I use code words, but Fox didn't want me to talk about any bad reactions to this new stick in the arm. It was a big uh, moneymaker for Fox's um, pharmaceutical buddies. And so the alternative media, including me as soon as I left Fox, but obviously there's a lot bigger voices in the alternative media than me, began to fill in the blanks that Fox, CNN, NBC, New York Times didn't want people to know about. The truth was out there and obvious, and they started to show the truth. I started to interview people whose loved ones died after trying this new experiment in the arm. Interview people whose side of their body is crippled and shaking. Why is this lady's arm shaking and uncontrollable after she got something in her arm? Why didn't Fox want to tell her story? Why did Fox say, let's stay quiet about this? Why did Fox say, oh, Ivory, you have video of people keeling over minutes after getting the stick in the arm? Let's not show that. Don't let the people know. And so me and others start just showing what's actually happening. We fill in the blanks that the free press was refusing to show the, like I keep saying, the biggest way that the corporate media lies is through omission. It's easiest for even on their consciences to say, oh, we're not lying. We just couldn't fit that part in our show or something. Oh, we need to verify that a little bit more. They still need to verify a little bit more whether this needle in the arm is really, really has any bad effects. <laughs> They're still trying to verify that before they tell anything about that. So, so we alternative people to start showing, okay, we're going to show all this evidence that's coming our way. And so that is why there is an anti-press rhetoric, this guy from New York Times saying, it is very concerning and autocratic that there is an anti-press rhetoric in America now. It's not autocratic, buddy. We're concerned that you guys are a part of a new autocracy. Because you guys are way too in lockstep with the government right now. The FDA who lied to us about countless things. And you guys copying, pasting the FDA and Biden's talking points to say exactly what the government wants you to say, New York Times, CNN. And to lie to our faces that these bad effects are not happening in our society right now. And to say that that election in 2020 was the most perfect 
transparent one-off without a hitch election of all time. And to say that anyone who talks about actual evidence to the contrary is creating a big lie. When you talk like that, it is so blatantly false because we people in the alternative media now have been picking up all the evidence of how flawed that election was. And we're showing the evidence piece by piece. Even, you know, it's hard to do because of all the censorship that, you know, we mainly have to share that evidence on alternative sites where our followings are smaller. Uh, but because it gets deleted on the mainstream sites, why are the New York Times, CNN, YouTube, Facebook, Tw Twitter, maybe not Twitter so much anymore, in lockstep with the government narrative? It's seeming really autocratic from the mainstream media side. So that is why there's anti-press rhetoric in America right now. We are scared about you guys in the mainstream media. We are scared that you guys are a part of a new autocracy and you're saying that the that that free speech and the first amendment are still totally intact and that you guys are standing up for it when we're seeing the complete opposite of the truth evidenced on the ground so it's just fascinating to see what sort of like what little echo chamber is this guy from the new york times speaking from okay so i want to go to the next soundbite now um the, we had uh, Congressman Seth Moulton. He's a Democrat from Massachusetts. He was on the panel as well. And um, he's talking about limiting, uh, limiting free speech to convince people to try a pharmaceutical. That's pretty nasty. I don't think lawmakers in America want to give up on the fundamental principle of free speech. We're very careful about that. But haven't we seen many Democrats in the last six years pressuring Facebook and Twitter and now TikTok uh, to be stronger in content moderation? Uh, hasn't that been a wave that we've seen crash over for years now? Well, I think this is the question of, you know, I mean, ultimately what we're trying to, to achieve there is some measure of public safety, right? Um, we, we're not, uh, I mean, sure, there are some politicians who are going to go out and just get angry at Facebook if they see things that are mean. Um, I'm quite used to uh, reading mean things about me. <laughs> the difference is when, you know, I have a constituency that I'm trying to keep healthy and I can't get them to take a COVID vaccine because of misinformation that's propagated <clears throat> on the Internet. And, and that's where this becomes a much uh, tougher, more difficult, but also just a bigger concern. See, he's taking from Barack Obama's playbook there. You see how he started saying, we people in Congress, we love the First Amendment so much, we would never want to uh, limit free speech. And then he goes on to, well, the difference, though, is when we can't seem to brainwash people to get this new pharmaceutical experiment in their arm. So that's where maybe we do need to limit information online, delete access to the intel that shows maybe it's not working as well as we said it was. Maybe it's actually hurting some people. Delete all of that, all those facts, so that people will be lulled and brainwashed into saying, I really need this new pharmaceutical in my arm. Yeah, he literally, he said that. So it's really concerning stuff. When we talk, I mean, this, is their, this was the whole thing they talked about in the panel today. I just think we need to be really aware that censorship and uh, narrative control and propaganda is only going to continue. I think it's going to continue to ratchet up. I think it's going to 
continue to get worse. And so we may feel a little bit out of the woods right now because uh, some of the worst of the, like the pandemic is over. And so we feel like we um, are not getting lied to and censored so much, but we're in the thick of it. And they're planning this week on ways to ratchet up control of information. This was a very concerning panel. Listen to, I'm going to play more sound bites. Thanks for the super chat, Ed. Go Ivory, go independent journalism. Thank you so much. Yes, independent journalism is the wave of the future, 100%. Thank you, Red Pill Doc, for the super chat. Your story will age well. I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for the support. Thanks to everyone who actually listened to my story. A lot of people didn't get what I was conveying about how Fox was lying to you guys. But whatever, as long as I'm not participating in those lies anymore, I'm independent, it's all good. Okay, I want to show you the next soundbite. Okay, so this woman from the from Europe, Europe uh, Vera Jarova, uh, Vice President of Values and Transparency at the European Commission. So she was talking about, um, she she was asked, she said, the big question that Americans ask is, will Europe basically order that people's posts be deleted in order to keep the narrative in lockstep? Because Europe has been doing way more with censorship than America lately, is the word. America's had quite a bit of censorship. The word is it's even worse in Europe in that the government is actively getting involved in controlling, you know, publicly getting involved in controlling what we're able to see on social media. I, I think what we're finding with, with the help of some information that was leaked out over the past year um, is that the American government has actively been directly involved with Facebook and Twitter as well as far as censoring what people can see. Well, in Europe, Europe is talking about public, you know, publicly doing that. It's contrary to our First Amendment. That's why our government has been doing it in secret. Bottom line, it's been happening everywhere, though, honestly. But she talks about this, and she she talks, and she actually says, no, they're not going to control deleting posts. But she says some interesting stuff here. Let's look that at The it. basic question I hear from uh, Americans uh, on, uh, uh, on how we are going to uh, deal with the disinformation online is, will you order removals? removing of content from online. It's, it's so simplified. And I, I, am, I am almost shouting, of course not, because this is not the way how to do that. We try to do, in fact, three things. Mm. Uh, to make sure that the disinformers uh, do not find the feeding ground. The society which is willing to get brainwashed. The second, maybe I will, I will surprise you, a better strategic communication from us, who are the representatives of democratic governments. Aren't we lazy? Aren't we just too self-confident? Only the third thing is the regulation. And indeed, Europe started to regulate. First of all, the Digital Services Act says uh, the content which is illegal off uh, offline has to be treated as illegal online. So here comes terrorism, extra political, uh, uh, violent extremism, uh, hate speech, child pornography. What's the rest? 
Oh, there is. It's enough, no, isn't it? Incitement to violence. Uh, it's it's another category. Disinformation. Well, it's uh, main, uh, in most of the cases, it's not illegal content. Mm -hmm. So should we suddenly say that for online space, disinformation is illegal? And this is exactly what I mentioned at the beginning, mm. that we must come with the rules which will not be abused. So what I heard from the people working for Facebook and the board, mm -hmm. uh, uh, gaining, uh, getting the, the complaints and the requests for removals, 90% of the requests are coming from governments. So the elected politicians uh, mark as disinformation something which is uncomfortable. Yes. Can you believe that 90% of requests to delete posts on Facebook are coming from governments? Governments are demanding that Facebook delete people's voices. And Brian Stelter, you saw him sitting there nodding and be like, wait, why are you pushing this, this narrative that seems to be supporting the public's right to a voice because she was saying that's not right. She went on to say like the governments need to lay off and stop saying and, and stop demanding that Facebook delete uncomfortable posts because it's not illegal for someone to write an uncomfortable post. That's what she was saying. And Brian Stelter's like, hmm. And literally after that, like his next panel question he, he didn't let her talk. He had everyone else answer the question except for her. And then when she tried to interject and say, I would like to say something, he shut her down. Um, because I guess she went off narrative with that last, that last comment where she was saying, we are not going to delete people's individual posts. Now, granted, though, this lady, well, she sounded a little less totalitarian in that in in her comments there she is not very free speech she's well, shockingly she seemed more free speech than all of the americans on the panel she was the only european on the panel she seemed a little bit more free speech and calling out government lies than any of the americans on the panel uh but she was she was saying so we're not going to delete your posts but we will she said we will make sure that the informers don't find their feeding ground what she means is we that shadow banning okay we're not going to delete a purveyor of disinformation but we're going to prevent them from actually reaching their audience so they'll be making posts but the posts won't go through anyone's feed so they're going to do sneak attacks like that instead where the purveyor of disinformation can't reach their audience and again these are the same people who said that healing drugs and natural treatments were disinformation during the pandemic when people were actually getting better. Uh, these are the same people who said there's the most perfect election of all time in 2020. Um, and that anyone who looked at the actual evidence of it not being a perfect election was a disinformer. So that's what disinformation is to them. Disinformation to these people is inconvenient facts. So they're not going to delete the posts of, of inconvenient factures. They're just going to secretly silence that person with shadow banning. Uh, so that was the first thing she said they're going to do. Um, they'll make sure governments give better messages. Yeah, that's number two is uh, uh, beef up the propaganda. Make the propaganda from governments more believable because governments are getting lazy. People aren't believing government narratives. That's what she was saying. Um, 
you know, they get, oh, you know, we're so lazy and comfortable. We just, we just feed the intel over to the media and the media dutifully copies and pastes it, but the viewers aren't buying it. So she's saying governments need to try harder because the media copying and pasting it, it's not working uh, to brainwash people. And then number three, governments must adhere to the law. Um, so basically government, so in Europe, there are certain kinds of information that are illegal, similar to in America. There's small amounts of information that are actually illegal. And um, she was saying later on that hate speech will be law in America as well as it is law in Europe that you cannot say something hateful. So that helps a lot to censor because the gray area of what is hateful can be pretty large. Well, that felt hateful to me. So we're going to censor you. You know, everyone's definition of, of what's hateful could be anything. So if you legalize hate speech, there goes free speech as far as I can see. And she's talking about that's going to happen in America. You guys watch out. We got it in Europe. It's coming to you. Um, okay, so uh, they talk about, I have some sound bites, about the corporate media being in crisis mode. Corporate media is in a downfall right now. Not just locally, nationally. Mainstream media is hurting. Viewers are turning away from it. Uh, here's the next sound bite. Brian, you know as well as anyone that you know, local journalism in the United States and around the world is in crisis. We both need to address the misinformation crisis, but we also need to rebuild an ecosystem that is weaker than ever. Mm. Ecosystem of news that is weaker than ever. People trust the corporate media less than ever before. This is crazy. You know why? Because with the internet, independent journalism is really blossoming and people, it's just, it's been really hard for these platforms to, to control it. Now, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter did what they could to limit the reach of independent journalism, but it's just too hard to control. People were so hungry for the facts outside the narrative that people found it regardless. And, and when they found it, they lost their trust in the mainstream narrative because they said, here's the blatant, obvious truth that you guys were hiding from us. We're going to turn you off. We're going to stop watching you. So, and it's interesting. He says, Brian, you know, as well as anyone, he started by saying that Brian Salter from CNN, he got fired from CNN. CNN has been in crisis mode. Um, Robin Mead, who's like a legendary mo uh, morning host on HLN. She just, she just had to retire. She said this big goodbye just recently uh, because not because she wanted to retire and spend more time with her family, but because HLN is an arm of CNN and CNN could no longer afford to have a separate morning show on HLN with all that studio staff to put it on. They shut down HLN's morning show completely and they're copying and pasting CNN's morning show to HLN to cut costs. These media outlets from large to small are all cutting costs because people are turning off the fake news. Their propaganda has been way too obvious these past few years. Their disinformation has. 
disinformation. And it's so interesting that this whole panel is about how to combat disinformation, but the panel's being hosted by the biggest purveyors of disinformation. Let's look at the next soundbite. And it is there's the collapse of the news industry, you know, newspapers decimated across the United States and, and not able to expand around the world. I mean, there's a couple of things that, that you look at. And, and then at the same time, the disinformation is the, the, the trust in news is eroding completely. The Edelman Trust you know, Barometer shows that every year how you know, news is way down here when it comes to trusted institutions. So the question is, how do you, re, how do you both rebuild media but also rebuild trust in media? It's true. Everyone knows it. People are turning off their TVs. They're not reading the newspapers anymore. Um, corporate media is dying and they're scared and they think that the best way to save themselves is to delete, delete their competition. Duh. Of course they want to do that. So, the, and the government wants the competition gone too, because it's the competition that's actually questioning the government's narrative. That's why people are turning to the competition because the media's alternative news competition is doing the fourth estate's job that the corporate media was supposed to do. It's called the fourth estate because there's three estates of government, um, executive, legislative, and judicial. Media was supposed to be the unofficial fourth estate of government, which is the watchdog on the three other estates of government. Media was supposed to watch those three branches of government for the people and say, here's where the government is straying from what they said they were going to do, what the constitution says they can do. And the media stopped doing that. And so that's when alternative outlets sprouted up and started doing that. Instead, viewers started to turn to the alternative outlets. Alternative outlets are getting rich. That's great. Meanwhile, corporate media is getting poor. They're fire, CNN's firing Brian Stelter. CNN is laying off Robin Mead. <laughs> it's getting bad. And so they're panicking. By the way, that lady we just heard from is Jean Burlaw, the president chief executive officer of Internews. Uh, okay, let's look at this last soundbite I have up here. Um, and Again, this is the really concerning stuff that the talk about the actual plans that they are are working with the global elites to lay out of censoring you from being able to see actual information. You know, given the central role of the platforms in um, mm -hmm. disseminating, um, you know, uh, you know, bad information. Um, I, I, I think they're going to have to do an unpopular and and brave thing at some point, which is to differentiate and elevate trustworthy sources of information consistently. He just said the social media platforms need to do something brave, which is to boost the posts of trusted outlets like New York Times. That's the New York Times publisher and chairman talking right there. That's him. So he knows that he's considered trusted. So he wants the social media platforms to boost his posts and shadow ban the posts of anything that doesn't agree with the government narrative. He said it's time that these, these um, outlets really start doing something brave and really start doing. They've been doing that, but he wants them to do it more. Gosh, I get I just got I just got another post um, 
censored off of my backup page on Instagram. I had to create a backup page on Instagram because they were censoring so many of my posts on my main page. Now they're censoring my backup page posts. My, my uh, TikTok is uh, on the verge of deletion. TikTok has censored dozens of my posts. doesn't matter what topic I post on. Um, the censorship is pervasive. And uh, that's the actual deletion and strikes of posts. I've almost lost my YouTube multiple times. Um, so they're, they're, they've been doing this with a lot of people. A lot of the alternative outlets are learning. They do this to scare you into just following the narrative. If they can get every alternative outlet to stop talking about the truth that the corporate media refuses to talk about, then they can leave these alternative outlets up. And, and a lot of the alternative media has dutifully complied. These conservative outlets, a lot of them won't even talk about, you know, what's really going on with elections, what's really going on with the pharmaceutical companies, um, what's really going on with a lot of things. And I try to talk about those things as much as possible, just in code words, but it, they make it extremely hard and they definitely incentivize you to stop talking about it by deleting your posts and, or, or for some reason your posts just will barely get any views when it's about a topic that, that the government doesn't like. And you're not sure why your posts didn't get any views. Well, maybe because of what this guy from New York times just said is that we need to boost the trusted source and shadow ban the source that's not trusted. Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, I'm checking your comments. Ivory Context, Stephen Crowder will be starting a conservative platform soon. I got a few comments from you guys about Stephen Crowder. I guess since he left the blaze, he is speaking out about the conservative media issues with them. That's the thing. Like The conservative media also censors and has narratives and look, I came from Fox, which is supposedly conservative. Uh, but Fox is actually, Fox plays both sides big time. Like their, their local station branch plays up the leftist narrative and their national branch plays up the right wing narrative. But actually all of them are censoring the key information about their pharmaceutical buddies. And now all all aspects of Fox are also censoring election related intelligence. So um, we just have to be really leery about um, some of these outlets. I have a friend who works for one of the conservative outlets who was talking about um, there was an establishment Republican, something really strange happened with the primary, with basically how the establishment Republican candidate got installed, even though the non-establishment Republican, who was actually a grassroots person and very much about individual liberty and the Constitution, got snuffed out. There had a huge grassroots following. This guy gets snuffed out, and then the establishment Republican just gets installed. It was very strange. It was very fishy. I guess she had some intel on it and her right wing outlet shut it down. Her, um, her conservative outlet 
would not let her dig into what really went down with that. So I think there's corruption on all sides. It's part of why when I left Fox, I didn't want to work for a conservative outlet. I didn't want to work for anyone because I was seeing just how controlled all of it is. And it's best to just be completely independent. Ooh, you said Crowder's last video was very eye-opening, disturbing. I'm going to have to watch. Yeah, I've heard. Um, now, I know Elijah Schaefer, he came on my YouTube and talked about leaving the blaze as well. And basically how compromised the blaze was, I guess. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, There's a lot of debate, of, uh, I guess, about how, why he really left. I know there's a lot. There's a lot of controversy with Elijah right now. Um, checking your, <laughs> checking your comments here. Um, uh, thank you so much, Ivory, for being uh, one of the independent sources we can get news from. Thanks, Mike, for the kind words. Please like, share, and subscribe, and uh, hit the notification bell because my videos haven't been doing so well lately, and I'm not sure why. Maybe because I don't have as flashy of a studio background right now or something. Like I'm I'm still just like just kind of doing my own thing. And and when you're doing your own thing, you don't have a lot of resources. So I'm not sure if it's that or if I'm actually being shadow banned or what. Um look looking at your comments. Um <laughs> you can't even watch the local weather guy can't trust any of it these days, you guys, because they are all Nazis. <laughs> now, like I said, uh, the average local face on the news, most of them have a good heart and they think that they are conveying a, a good level of truth to you. Um, and a lot of the local news, small stories, it is the truth. But when they stumble upon a very big, far-reaching story, that's when they start to realize how controlled they are. Because all of a sudden, this big corporate arm reaches in and says, nope, you're not going to cover that one, buddy. You're going to stay silent, not only on the news, but you're going to stay silent on your social media, and you're not going to let any soul hear the information that you uncovered. That's what I. That's what happened to me. Um. That's what happened to me. It was very creepy. And it's happened to a lot of people. I talked to a lot of journalists after leaving Fox where the same thing happened to them. Um, I Like Al Allison Murrow, she's working for um, an outlet in Seattle as a TV news reporter when she was approached back in like 2019 um, from families, who, I guess, who had, you know, bad things happen to their kid after their kid had their routine stick in the arm. Because it's not just this new pharmaceutical in the arm. It's, it is, you know, there's a lot of people don't react well to these pharmaceuticals. And that's when her, her boss really shut her down and said, you, you guys, you cannot question these pharmaceuticals. And she's like, huh? And then she started to become like, alienated in her newsroom and like treated like the runt of the litter and like basically yeah he's like just like we don't question pharmaceuticals we also don't question global warming there are things we just 
copy and paste and convey to the public. And she's like, really? And so her eyes started to open up, you know, before mine did about just how controlled we are in the corporate media. It's good to be free. I'm free now. She's free. We're doing our own thing. Brian Stelter is going to be in the stuck up hall of fame. You say Brian, um, he's, he's a Harvard fellow now. He's like some big deal at Harvard. Doesn't that just make you want to go to Harvard? Doesn't that make you just see Harvard as elite? You just want to send your kid to Harvard. Not zinc. Yes. Buy some zinc. It was funny. You know, I'm a big vitamin girl when I, um, (laughs) I, I always stock up on vitamins. I'm a health nut. And I just noticed during in, in 2020, that suddenly all the zinc was sold out. The vitamin section, the zinc was just completely sold out. And um, the store had like a sign up begging people to ration their purchases of zinc back in 2020. I went into my morning meeting at Fox and I said, that's really interesting that zinc is so popular. I wonder, you know, maybe we can talk about why zinc's popular now and if it's helpful against this illness. And she said, no, you don't. That is not newsworthy. Ivory shuts it right now. We're not going to talk about zinc. (laughs) Okay. My bad. Just something I observed. (laughs) Turns out, yes, zinc is key. And you want to use it with the H word, the H word drug as well. Ivory, uh, uh, Neil Cavuto said that the eye medicine would kill you. See, Neil Cavuto, he's on Fox and he's saying that the I word, I believe, especially the H word drug would kill you. Um, H word, both the H word and the I word are highly forbidden on YouTube. That's why I have to only say them by their initial. This is how I almost lost my entire YouTube channel. I didn't know. And so I just said those words on YouTube and boom, my, my videos get nuked. YouTube says, you got one more strike and you're out, Ivory. And so I was like, dang. So I'll just, luckily, it's not humans monitoring my videos. It's bots. And the bots don't understand that I stands for a drug that has healed many, many people over the decades. Um. Neil Cavuto. Yes, I I have been on Neil Cavuto's show back when I was at Fox Day. Neil had me on to do a report and he wrote me a a very nice thank you note after I was on his show. And now it's it's sad that I guess he's a disinformer as well. It is a true battle between good and evil. Yes, but it's crazy because it's like... All sides of this think they're the good guys. Like, it's very few people who actually say, yeah, I'm a bad guy. Like, everyone actually thinks they're a good guy in this situation. So it's like everyone's in their own echo chambers. Um, just trying to make sure I don't miss any. Um, You said conservatives don't avoid bad news and we look at all sides of an issue. Conservatives do not always look at at all sides of of an issue. They do not always. So that is why I 
I, you know, I, I tried to definitely look at all sides all the time and say, why is it that this extreme leftist really believes this and why this right wing person really believes this and try to figure out what's, what is actually convincing people's minds of things. And I also try to try to, you know, get to what makes sense and what the truth is. And then I end up triggering a lot of people for, for doing that, you know, just for thinking for myself because I don't follow conservative talking point. A lot of people call me conservative. Um, I'm actually, I, I love freedom more than conservatives do. Conservatives actually don't really love freedom as much as a lover of individual liberty. Okay. What I mean by that is conservatives. One of the big things conservatives want to ban is, is gay marriage. Now marriage is gay marriage is, that's an agreement between two consenting adults. They want to ban the liberty of those pe- two people. I believe in individual liberty. As long as you're not infringing on, on someone else's freedom to live their life the way they see fit, everyone should live and let live. Conservatives don't agree with that. They want to prohibit someone from living their free life. Um, another example is drugs. Conservatives believe in um saying asking big daddy government to control which drugs you can and can't have. Yeah, mainly talking about these these harmful drugs such as cocaine and meth and things like that. Um because according to conservatives our little brains can't comprehend whether those are good for us, so we need the government to ban them. Um and then conservatives complain about government saying that you must take this new drug in your arm or whatever, you know, take this new pharmaceutical we invented in the arm. You know, there were certain mandates surrounding that new pharmaceutical jabbed into your arm. Ooh, I said the J word, the bots picked that. Ooh, the bots picked that one up. So conservatives are like, why did the government decide it had power to mandate this? Maybe because you asked the government to control what you can and can't have as a drug. I say throw out all government controlled drugs and let our brains decide for ourselves because we're big enough to know that cocaine's bad for me. I'm not going to try it. That Fauci's pharmaceutical is bad for me. I'm not going to try it. And if someone says I'm a, I'm a grown up adult and I want to try cocaine, I want to try Fauci's pharmaceutical, then let this, let the person try it. And whatever they do to their body is their freedom. Sugar is also bad for us. All this science shows that sugar is deadly. Yet we have the freedom to try sugar every day and slowly kill ourselves. So I don't want the government to ban sugar, even though it would make us all healthier. But I believe in freedom. Conservatives do not believe in freedom on a level that I believe in freedom. Therefore, I'm not a conservative. It's if you look at the intricate definitions of things, I'm a libertarian. And I think most people actually are libertarians without knowing it because libertarian is a term that is not understood, but it, it's about freedom. Libertarians are just about get the heck out of my life, government. I'm going to do me. You're going to do you. We can be friends or frenemies or acquaintances, but we're all going to just be ourselves. And the government is going to be itty bitty and out of our lives. That's libertarian. 
So that's why I'm not a conservative. A lot of people call me a conservative. I, I definitely agree with most conservatives more than liberals for sure. But technically, I am not a conservative. So those are my, my personal views. Um, okay, well, thanks, guys. I definitely went way over. Yikes, almost an hour. My bad. Uh, please share this with your friends so you can see how the World Economic Forum is planning to control the information that you see. These people are not aware of this. They are going to get brainwashed the way that the government, that the World Economic Forum and their mainstream media buddies want them to be brainwashed. Okay, with that being said, you guys have a good one. We'll see you guys tomorrow.